0: and As the church, man, we should be on the forefront yes. of making disciples, of indoctrination and in godly things.
1: If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh-oh. Uh oh.
0: Erin Addison's
1: on American Family Radio. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And Sherry B. and j Mack are on tap to help us navigate the show today. We're talking uh, words uh, for warriors it is the newest book uh written by Sam Sorbo mm-hmm. who i don't know if um if you're familiar with Sam Sorbo um she's an actress and um works in in Hollywood mm-hmm. but she is a believer she mm-hmm. is uh actually married to Kevin Kevin Sorbo yes so unlike any other woman like you know she really was she is married to Hercules <laughs> Well, there you can go. We, can I, we say that? Yeah. Well, I, I wonder yeah, if she I calls guess. him Kevin the Great. Probably not. So I would say that, <laughs> well, you're, in well, that. Yes. you're in a better situation. Yes. You're in a better situation. I mean, I wouldn't have yeah, any she other may way. be able to call him Hercules, but, you
0: know. <laughs> hey, <laughs> the great is good. Anyway,
1: I th- yeah, the great is good. That's right. <laughs> the great is good. No, anyway, but she's going to join us today. We're going to talk about her book, which I think, honestly, is an educational book, but it is a lot of fun. Mm. So I was thumbing through this book. It truly is a dictionary of common terminology and phrases that are currently used in culture today that many people don't even know what these phrases, what these terms mean. Mm. And some people, unfortunately, are not only using them but they're submitting to these terms and not having a real working definition. Well, so uh, Sam joins us on, on the other side of the break. We're going to talk about this. I laughed as as I was reading through this. It's like a reference book. I mean, it is a reference book. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I have to say, I think not only will this be a great read, but I think this will make a great gift. In fact, as I was reading it, there were people coming to my mind who I know could, will really appreciate this. Ah. Like this is... This is going to be one of those. Oh, thank you so much. I really enjoyed this book type of books. Okay. so we'll talk about that a little bit later. Also want to make some announcements and then um, want to share with you a headline that is uh, making its rounds circulating in the culture today. And then just talk about how we often warn you that when they say they're coming for for your children, Mm. it's not just a fun song. It is actually (laughs) a factual statement. It is that they are just confirming. It right? is. Right? No no longer do they need to hide it. So we're going to talk about that a little bit. But first, Will the Great.
0: Yes. Email us at addisons at AFR.net, addisons at AFR.net. Make sure you put the S on the end of Addison, Addisons. Uh, follow us on Facebook. Um, just search Airing the Addisons. Also, you can watch the broadcast live at our Facebook page. We have our Marriage Family Life Date Night in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, happening August 24th. From 6.30 to 8.30 p.m., you need to register at marriagefamilylife.net by August 17th to attend. So we need to get you to register It's a free event, but you have to register. Uh, We have the Leviathan Mom black and pink shirts are available at the AFA Resource Center. You can go to afastore.net. Also, if you desire clear and concise teaching on a biblical response to critical race theory, go to afastore.net. And you could pick up a two part teaching done by Miki Addison on that topic. And those are the announcements.
1: Okay. Will the Great. (laughs) Yes. Here we go. Um, So we talk about this a lot, right? And we say what is happening in our culture is, I say it's unapologetic uh, indoctrination of our kids. Mm -hmm. Even when they apologize, they are not apologizing for what would be the presumed outcome. Yeah. They're not apologizing that your kids are robbed of their innocence. They are apologizing because they've been called out. And, and even, let, let's just say that they apologize because they feel badly that they've been called out. Often they are apologizing yeah. and they don't, I mean, it's just because <laughs> they've, you know, I don't right. know. Because they got can, caught in
0: it, I think you know that there, there's a lot of maybe you know some drama surrounding it, or they may get some pushback if so you they, can
1: get an apology out of them, yeah, because of pushback, what, you know.
0: it's not because of being yeah. sorry,
1: yeah, you know, yeah, just yeah. and and it's like you know, I was thinking about it, there was a time where we got more apologies than we do now, I don't think we get as many of them. Um, <laughs> if if you do get an apology it's because somebody called you out
0: mm-hmm. right
1: and you didn't expect that to level happen. yeah of pushback you yeah. didn't expect that to happen that's right so you know disney does the reboot of the muppet babies you remember muppet babies yes, I from do. back in the day you remember the song movie. Muppet yeah. Babies? yeah i remember yeah. that uh-huh well uh disney uh has the responsibility hmm, of uh continuing this uh this this fun um animation Mm -hmm. and in disney fashion disney has decided that it is going to take muppet babies to the next level we can talk a little bit about this on the other side i want to see i don't know i should have checked with jeff to see if we would have um okay so we have the audio here so you'll be able to hear um the moment that your child if your child were to be a consumer of muppet Babies via the Disney Channel or Disney Plus streaming or however it is that you Disney. um, If your child, your young'un, were to be a consumer of this, I want you to listen and let me know um, the moment at which you think your child would be robbed of his or her innocence. Ready, here we go.
0: Hey Gonzo, you okay?
2: Not exactly. I really wish I could wear one of those princess dresses to the ball. Well, I hate to see a good pal feeling bad. So tell you what, I am gonna grant your wish. Because I am your fairy rat father! never worse. I didn't know you were a fairy rat father. Well, you never asked. Anyway, I'm gonna make sure you have the perfect dress to wear to the ball. But um, the girl said I'm not supposed to wear a dress. I don't want everyone to be upset with me. Well, if it makes you feel better, I can make your outfit so amazing, they won't even know it's you. You mean it? All right, then, let's do it! You got it. bippity boppity boo <gasps> Have you ever seen such a splendorific dress? And get a load of my glass
1: sneakers. Thank you fairy rat father. This makes me so happy. Mm. Now, um so Gonzo historically is like the alien muppet character. You can't see this but just go back in your mind. It's mm-hmm. the character with the oversized the nose, nose, yeah. And and um you know just is the very, you know, kind of eccentric mm-hmm. um he Miss Piggy and her friend are hosting this ball and Gonzo wants to attend the ball. He wants to attend the ball wearing a dress. The girls tell him that he cannot attend the ball wearing a dress. Mm-hmm. And Gonzo is feeling sad about that. <laughs> and um, the writers and the producers of this cartoon, this animated series for your children, find a way to work in a transgender agenda, a cross-dressing agenda. Um, Man. I, I don't, you know, I... <laughs> so we commented on the reason someone would host like a drag queen story hour, you yeah. know, to normalize men dressing. And and I, I don't like to say, people know this, I don't like to say to normalize men dressing as women because drag is not dressing as a woman. That is not dressing as a woman. <laughs> and every woman should be very careful not to say that those are men dressing up as women. That, more like that's a clown. Not, it's a clown. That's, yeah, that is not, it's... that's not. Okay. So, so, but at any rate, what we are experiencing on a regular basis, we talk about this all the time is the normalization of rebellion against God's created order, Mm -hmm. right? God's created design that men and women each individually are made in the image of God and where better to start than at the youngest of ages where the clay is really soft and you can leave as many fingerprints on it as you would like. So this is what's happening with our kids. Um, the thing that's probably most alarming about this is that the intent is that what you would produce would be children who will rebel against the norms and the morals of their parents. Yeah. Now, we have said many, many times, this is not just happening um, in your kid's public education system. Mm-hmm. It is happening there. Mm-hmm. It's also happening in the entertainment that they consume. Listen, it's happening in the food that they consume. Our kids, if left to this culture, do not stand a chance. Now, there are going to be some people and, you know, I never have understood these people. (laughs) I know that they are still out there because the moment you start talking about this, they are the ones who always come to the defense of these companies. And they are the ones who are like, well, just don't watch it. okay? Mm -hmm. I don't have to watch it. That's what they say. Or they will say, you know, you guys are always thinking the worst. Like, what's so bad? What's so wrong with this character that's, remember, they will say, because remember, whenever we talk about this, we're the hysterical ones. Right. So they will tell us, calm down. They will say, what's so bad about a non-existent, remember, it's animation. It's not real, remember, <laughs> right? Um, what's so wrong about this male character going to a ball as uh, Gonzarella? Everything. Right. Everything. Right. Because the expressed intent is that it would cause children or provoke in children a desire to do likewise. You say, well, Mickey, I don't know about that. Okay, here we go. Um, Tom Warburton, Tom Warburton, who is the executive producer of Muppet Babies, all right, uh, this Disney Jr. reboot of Muppet Babies, he's the executive producer and he explained. To, um, to a fan site, a Disney fan site, how this particular episode came to be. Hmm. Here he is. I'm going to quote him here in his own words. Here he is. Quote, Very early on, we wanted to do an episode where Gonzo just showed up at the playroom or showed up to the playroom wearing a skirt. <laughs> Very early on, we wanted Gonzo in a skirt. Mm-hmm. All right. Let me continue quoting here. And it was no big deal. No one cared or questioned it because Gonzo is always 200% Gonzo, 347% of the time. He's always 200% Gonzo, 347% of the time. But then story editor, co-producer Robin Brown and her team wanted to take it a step further and do a Cinderella story based on the idea. Mm. And it was just so wonderfully Gonzo. Let me conclude here. All right. Quote, we hope He inspires kids watching to be 347% of themselves in their own way, too.
0: Mm, There you have it.
1: So the hope (laughs) and the aim is the inspiration of the kids. It's that the kids will see this and feel like, you know what? why can't I show up wherever I want to be? I'm a boy. Why can't I have on a dress? Like, why can't I? So we, we are, and I don't know, like, I don't feel like there are any extra ways to communicate this except to say, you need to culture proof your kids. Amen. You need to protect your kids from this culture. Like time is out. I'm so sick of it. Like, you know, these, these, um, the people, the people who are always like, you know, you guys are crazy. And so then they, and then they tell us that so much. We go back to the drawing board and we try to find nice, less offensive ways to tell them to keep their hands off our kids. <laughs> so we're always like stumbling over ourselves. Like, no, it's not, um, I'm not, it's not that I'm against that. It, it's it's not that I don't like, it's just that, no, just that's enough. Come on. That's, that's enough. You're talking about the children that God has entrusted to you. Come on now. That's enough. You're talking about pain and agony over sexual confusion that is being normalized for children. That's enough. Forget the apologies. Forget trying to find nice ways to do it because these people are not being subtle. These people are not being careful. They're not being coy any longer. Not only are they singing about coming to get your children, they're coming to get your children. Now, quote the hysterical woman that you heard on your podcast today. Quote (laughs) her. Just quote her. Mika. actually not but when she gets mad yes it's it's miki with an e but you can quote her in all her hysteria she's crazy like a fox protecting her children guys time is over The, the time is over for you playing nice with these people because you expect them to do better they have confirmed for you over and over again that they won't Come on now. Uh. They are incapable of doing better. In fact, what you see, that's their better. We'll grab the break. Erin the Addison's American Family Radio. We'll be right back. Even if the drum stops you listening I used to apologize for my um my frustration (laughs) my anger you know I used to apologize for my outbreaks because I felt like um you know I was supposed to be like mild and and I I don't want to ever you know but look I'm gonna tell you something um sometimes there is just the right measure of righteous indignation Mm -hmm. like when you understand what our culture is inviting children into uh, it's inviting children into a lifestyle of confu- confusion and distortion. Yep. Uh, mental anguish and turmoil. Yep. Inviting kids in, into uh, this this spiral, this down, downward uh, spiral, this descent into the type of pain that, as we know and you know, because we've interviewed uh, individuals on this show, we've talked about this kind of pain and confusion um, that you don't just quickly come back from that. If if ever mm-hmm. you come back from that, mm-hmm. right? And yet we have a culture that is trying to normalize this yep. uh, at younger and younger ages. And they
0: know exactly what they're doing. They know, yeah. I mean, this is man, you know, using cartoons like, come, come on. on, like it, it's not, man, listen, you know, on. it's not anything that you really have to, like, look into deeply. Like they're trying to indoctrinate children exactly. at the youngest age possible.
1: Right. Right. The researcher, uh, the researcher earned his or her living uh, just a few years ago when they tried to keep it secret. Now you don't even you don't you don't have to call it research. You just read and watch. Right. right. You're not digging deep for this. I'm over it. I don't even care. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I mean care what they yeah. think about what right. we say that right. they're doing. Yeah. All right. I agree. Right? I'm I'm Why should anyways. All right. Hey, let's let's make a little shift here because I think this is gonna be a, I think this is gonna be a fun show here. I'm kinda looking forward to this. Um, I did my homework. So I did go back and I did check out some Sam Sorbo podcasts all right. Or depending on where you grew up, podcasts. Just kidding, Sam. <laughs> Just kidding. We homeschool our kids and so we understand that people are always critiquing the way we speak and communicate. Trying nah, to make judgment care. calls about whether or not we're worthy. <laughs> I'm from New
0: Orleans. <laughs> You know, I get a pass for that. All
1: right, listen. (laughs) Listen, she's married to Hercules. You don't get a pass. All right.
0: (laughs) Sam Sorbo
1: is a filmmaker, radio host, actress, international activist, and author. I want to borrow some of those. She hosts the weekday (laughs) nationally syndicated radio program and podcast, The Sam Sorbo Show. It's a great one great one. I had the opportunity to check it out. And uh, she's here to talk to us or talk with us about her newest book, Words for Warriors. This is such a fun mm. book. Sam Sorbo, thank you for carving out some time to be with us. How are you?
2: Uh, It's good to be here with you guys. And awesome. I'm so glad to talk about language because that's how we communicate, folks. And if we lose our ability <laughs> to
1: communicate, there ain't much left here. No, mm. it's so true. So listen, okay, you did something that I think is extraordinary. You found a way To take what is frustrating in our culture today, what really is just one of those things that you find hard to kind of wrap your mind around, that you have a certain group of people who've been able to co-op terms, create new terms, change the meanings of old terms, and everybody kind of notices this, but then it's difficult for us to really explain it. But you found a way to do that. Sam, how did this come about? Well, I'm snide and snarky and
0: sarcastic,
2: and so it just comes easy to me. <laughs> you know what it is? I'll tell you. When I was yeah. in fourth grade, um, I was put to the test, and I had to defend, my, uh, I had to de- defend the truth against people who thought wrongly, mm-hmm. and it was against my entire class. And it was a very, very trying test for me, but I did it. And when the teacher finally came to my defense and said, well, she's right, and the rest of you are wrong, it was like, oh, okay. So I did the because if I hadn't, the truth would have come out, and I would have felt terrible about myself. And instead, I felt good because I had stood up for the truth. Well, here's the thing. When, uh, when Pilate asked Jesus why he was here, Jesus didn't say... I came to open a can of, you know, whatever on, on the Pharisees, or, you know, I came to overturn tables. I came to make people's lives better. He said, I came to bear testimony to the truth. Mm. And that's what we are called to do. And now we're living in a culture of universal deceit. We are in a culture where they tell us that boys are girls, Mm. men are women, um they tell us that that uh um racism is systemic mm-hmm. they tell us that uh the united states was founded uh on slavery mm-hmm. which is not true right. i i mean that all of this stuff and um and and we are called to to say no you're i'm sorry you're you're incorrect that's that would be wrong um that's a lie and so i kind of got fed up myself a, a few years back, and I started writing this book, and it really started with the, with the word fascism, which is a, <laughs> it's, it's a term for a left-wing ideology. So the difference between fascism and communism is simply that in communism, the government owns the source of industry and owns the people, but in fascism, the people can own the industry, but the government controls it entirely. Mm-hmm. That's the difference. So there's not a big difference because the end result is the government runs the show and and you don't do anything against the government. Well, for some reason, somebody came along and said, hey, let's just make fascism right-wing. Why -hmm. would they do that? Because fascists use the same tactics that the left does. They have the same artwork that the left has. It's black and red. um, And and the tactics are uh, violence and intimidation. Mm -hmm. And so by making fascism so-called right-wing, and saying, well, Hitler was a fascist. By the way, he wasn't. He was a socialist, which is basically mm-hmm. a communist. Mm-hmm. Um, but by saying that he was right-wing, they can say, well, there's violence on both ends of the spectrum. No, no, there isn't. <laughs> there is not. Right. So that's a lie. That's the, that's the same as the lie that says that, well, most wars are caused by religion. No, no, they're not. <laughs> I can name any number of wars that had nothing to do with religion. Hmm. Their wars typically are about power, not religion. Mm-hmm. So, um, there there are a number of lies in our culture right now. Uh, for instance, you have to go to school to get an education. That's that's a huge lie. <laughs> let's <laughs> let's like, right. stay
1: there for a minute, though, Sam, because sure. I was hoping that you and I would get to have some conversation around homeschooling. I know that you are a home um, homeschooling advocate, and you homeschool your kids. Uh, But I want to talk about the risk that is present. And, you know, I speak to the body of Christ. I speak to Christians every single day. Um, I see it as my personal mission and believe it to be my calling to encourage christians to hold the line and to stand up for truth and righteousness in our generation one of i think the biggest obstacles to christians being able to do that is the indoctrination of our kids our kids are being indoctrinated away from the faith they are becoming our enemies in real time i mean these are the kids that we are if you're down south you're cooking grits for them if you're up north i don't know what you guys eat for breakfast but if you're cooking grits and they're eating the grits at your table and at the same time they hate you because there is this huge chasm between the two of you or however many kids you have, I blame the public education system because it has systematically, it has systematically made enemies of our children.
2: Well, absolutely. I mean, and, and this is this is what's really sad. And it's, it's come to this. If, if you're a believing Christian, it's almost better if you send your kids to school that you stop attending church, because what happens is the children learn in school that God is a fairy tale. That's, Mm. that's, that, that's simply, I can't say it any clearer than that. Because the, because the schools leave out the Bible and refer to the Bible as a, as a, as a book of fairy tales, they are teaching that God does not exist. So if you then try to impose your beliefs on your child for an hour a week all you're doing is setting up an enormous contradiction in the child's mind. And because you are the one dropping your child off at school and you're the one telling your child, the school knows better than I do.
1: Mm.
2: Then when when the school disagrees with you, the child has to side with the school because you preemptively told the child, hey, the school knows better than I do. Mm. And so then if you take the child from the school and you take them to church once a week, you're just painting yourself as this enormous hypocrite. Mm so so yeah i mean it's it's sad we do it to ourselves i mm-hmm. i don't look and by the way i'm not advocating that anybody stop going to church i would like everybody to go to church and mm-hmm. i would love children to go to church but they don't go to church they go to they go to bible school or they go to you know sunday school where they put on a VeggieTales thing and they make them color pretty pictures and um i don't know that they're getting any religion from that do you I, I mean, I talked to a, a Sunday school teacher. She'd taught Sunday school for 30 years. She said not a single time did a single parent ever ask her what she covered in the class. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Why should children Why, do, why should children not go into um, church?
0: Yeah. I'll yeah. tell
2: you why. I'll tell you why. Because we started sending our kids to public school. That meant that we basically stopped parenting them, basically. Yeah. Now, you, you'll argue with me, and it's true. It was a very gradual Release of parenting uh, duties as time went on, but now kids are in school. Then they have after school care. Then they have you know soccer practice or whatever. Maybe they sit at the table. Maybe they're asked not to put their elbows on the table. I don't know. Anyone's guess. Maybe they're um, you know told to go to bed at a certain time, or they're just said you know hey good night sleep well like. Maybe all of that stuff. But by and large, we've taken now sort of a backseat in the parenting thing. So mm-hmm. then what happened was uh, families would go to church with their kids and the kids would be unruly. And the parents weren't really parenting because discipline had kind of they they said, Well, the school's discipline, like the school's gonna take care of it. And so the parents had basically sort of taken the taken the the foot off the gas where that concerned. Mm-hmm. And the pastor said, you know, maybe if we just took the kids out of service. <laughs> then it would be easier for us to deliver our sermons without the interruptions. (laughs) That's why I really, really encourage parents, bring your children into service with you. Leave if they start to create, you know, too much of a, of a fuss, make consequences for them if that happens and bring them back the next week. And you can train your children to sit in church with you. And that's all it is. You just, it's just training. It's called parenting. Yep. Uh, I know we, we don't have a lot of, uh, and, and by the way, we have an enormous parenting crisis in the United States. And I'm not talking about single parent homes, although, of course, they figure into that. But the parenting crisis that we have is that we are now a nation of kids who basically weren't parented.
1: Mm.
2: And, and I'm yes. not throwing parents under the bus. I, you know, we're, do, we're doing the best that we can. But, but I, grew up in a, I grew up in a broken household. And I'm, I, had a, I had a fantastic mother and basically no father. And so, so I'm the product of this too, right? So I don't, I don't know how I became a good parent. I consider myself a good parent, but I, it was learning on the job for me because it wasn't like I was really emulating anybody in particular, a little mm-hmm. bit my mom, but I certainly had a lack of parenting. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and a lot of people are experiencing that, have experienced it. And so how would they know to, how to parent?
1: Mm. Hey, Sam, let me ask you something, because I was unaware of your background there. You just said that you uh, grew up in a broken family, and this shapes the way that we see the world. And then even to your question about, well, how did I learn to parent? Let me go um, even kind of further down the line. When did you first encounter Christ? Like, how did you become a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ? Like, what's your testimony there?
0: Uh, uh,
2: (laughs) Oh, such a good story. I, I... I uh became very successful at a very young age and um all of us and I was raised as a I was raised as an atheist Jew. Um I'm I'm Jewish lineage. Mm-hmm. Uh and uh but my mother was not a believer and so you know we celebrated Christmas and Easter all growing up with the Easter bunny and Santa Claus and everything. And when I became uh very successful I realized that um, you know, I I'd, I'd put a lot of stress on myself because I thought that I, I needed to get a good job and make a good li- – I had to go to a good school, get a good job, get a good career, make a good living. Um, and I was very anxious about that because, of course, my mother had not graduated college, um, was a single mom, had four kids, uh, you know, the, the, the whole opposite. So I grew up under a great deal of stress. And when I finally realized that I had, you know, money in the bank, a good career, um, I just – I started wondering, what the, what's it all about? What's the point here? So I went on a search. And, um, you know, I was searching for God, and I found him.
1: Mm-hmm. In
2: fact, he, he wasn't that hard to find.
1: <laughs> wow, that's, you know, and that's, that's really insightful, you know, when you talk about kind of getting to the end of ourselves. And I'm wondering if you're knowing the Lord is what has influenced your parenting. I'm wondering if that is oh, what also shapes your marriage. I, mean, I don't know how long you and Kevin Sorbo have been married. Can you? How long have you guys been married?
2: 23 and a half years.
1: Okay, so again, if you put down the one and carry the two in Hollywood, that's 100 years. Yeah. <laughs> that's You guys have been married for a century, so kudos yeah. to you. That's That's got to be a testimony to the Lord uh, being present in your life. Um, but, you know, I think you touched on so much, and I want to go back to a little bit of it, because as you know, um, what you're saying, maybe it shouldn't be, but it's controversial. When you start talking about the public education system and what it models for children, that that God is a fairy tale, that what we believe is a fable— um, parents get a little bit upset. We've encountered well, uh, it. You've encountered it. it. Why yeah, is this The so? truth
2: doesn't care about your feelings, darling. The truth doesn't care <laughs> about your feelings. The truth <laughs> is the truth. You can get upset and you can say, well, we have really good Christian teachers and they don't teach that stuff. Okay. Alrighty. But they are teaching your children that, they, that you are no longer the authority. They are teaching your children that you yourself say that you're not the authority and you ought Mm. to be the authority in your child's life. And you know, the parent should be the, the parent is the representation of God on earth for the child. And it's through the parent child relationship that the child then develops and transfers that relationship to God, the father. Mm -hmm. And so that's, that's, I, I believe that that's my, that's my purpose as a parent. Mm -hmm. And so when I punished my children I I always told them, I I punish you because God holds me to account. Mm -hmm. It's my job. And if I don't do right by you, then I'm disobeying God. Mm -hmm. And God's very clear in the Bible about who takes responsibility for the education of the children, and it's the parents. So
1: good. That's right. So good. All right, Sam Sorbo is our guest. And man, I am so glad to have her today. We're discussing her book, Words for Warriors. And when we get back, We're going to touch on the book, Sam, I promise. But I just know that there's (laughs) such a wealth of information there. So much we can talk about that's going on in the culture and how we live for the glory of God in our generation. So maybe we'll hit on just a little bit more of that when we get back. Uh, This is the Addison's on American Family Radio. We'll take this quick break and we'll come right back. You stay there. Aaron the Addisons on American Family Radio. Appreciate you listening, uh, spending the hour with us each day. I'm Miki.
0: and I'm Will, and as Francesca Battistelli, Defender.
1: All right, our guest is Sam Sorbo, and um, I'm liking it. <laughs> no, we're, talking that's good, about,
0: man. we're talking about
1: we're talking about her book, <laughs> Words for Warriors, and we'll get back to that shortly here. But the kinds of conversations that we are afraid to have in culture, it just seems like Sam Sorbo is not afraid to have those conversations, and it's always refreshing to talk to someone who is um, fearless like that. Sam, it's great to have you with us today. I appreciate it.
2: It's so great to be here. Thank you so much.
1: Tell me the process that you went through. Like, Tell me how you compiled this book. Like, How do you choose the words that you're going to define? Um, A lot of it seems to me that it's stuff that's happening on social media it becomes a trend. It's something, it's a catchphrase, and, and then people are trying to catch up. But you were able to grab some of these words and put them in a glossary. How did you How did you narrow it down? Uh, it was
2: just all the words that occurred to me. But then I thought, as I was doing it, um, I thought, you know, there are some words that we ought to know that we just uh, don't have any familiarity with. And it's mm-hmm. not that they've sort of taken the words and perverted them it's that they've they've basically haven't taught them to us they've taken them a little bit out of out of uh out of our vernacular and so we really need to put those back in and then and then I just started hearing words also like NPC I had to put NPC in there because NPC refers to non-player character yeah and so it's the character in a video game that the developers put in just to just to keep the game lively so that you feel like you're you're Uh, interacting with another character, but it's a non-playing character. So it only says the couple of things that it says like go right or go left or open this door. And I feel like we're living in a world of NPCs right now, (laughs) you know, put the mask on, cover your nose, get the vaccine, (laughs) you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And, and so I, I put that in because I just thought that was, you know, interesting. And it really, you know, it's just, it's a reflection of where I'm seeing our culture is today. Um, and and that's and and with a, with a lot of humor and sarcasm. So. Oh yeah,
1: so much humor, so much sarcasm. But I think I almost think that you wouldn't be able to compile this book without humor and sarcasm because some of it is so laughable. I I love um, that you take the words that we traditionally knew what they meant. We we thought we knew what they meant, and and then help us to understand how they're currently being used. Which I think is a part of the great deception because people start using these words all together. But then you realize you take a step back and you go, wait a minute, it means something different for me That's right. than it means That's right. for you. And so what people are ending up doing is they're talking past one another or, or more destructively, you've got Christians agreeing with people and they don't realize that they're agreeing with people.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, for instance, one, one
2: word that I've come across recently is the word proficient. So we use the word proficient in our education system, right? What does the mm-hmm. word proficient mean to you? Like, well, to me, like if... If you say uh, on a test what would you have to score on a test to be considered proficient?
1: In our house or generally speaking? <laughs> just generally speaking, I'm looking, let's just okay, say
2: uh, like a general uh, understanding of proficient.
1: Yeah, I would say above 80%. I would say okay, above it's like 80%. 38% to say, Wait, what?
2: Like 38% for schools really? in Ohio. That's
1: not proficient? That's <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> their that's definition. Failing. So oh this is goodness. what I'm
2: saying. So, th- so that's their definition of proficient. They use the word. We think it means one thing. They've already redefined it, but they didn't tell us that they redefined it. And now we're talking about t- we're talking past each other because because they bamboozled us.
1: Hmm. <laughs> wow. Right.
2: So, when, so your school yeah. that gets an A grade, oh, that's that's considered, you know, maybe may a 34 percent on the test maybe mm. a 40% on your tests on, on the testing that they're doing. And yeah. you know, it's funny cuz I'm not that high, I'm not that high on testing. I I never tested well myself, but um but it's the only metric that they have. So I'm going to have them I'm going to use it against them. Like I'm going to you know, <laughs> if they if they're subscribing to it, then that's what I've got to convict them with they're they're convicting themselves yeah yeah we're yeah. we're scoring lower and lower on the national or the or the international academic achievement at tests worldwide so that this country is i think it's 37th for math wow. 37th in the world what we're the united <laughs> states of america yeah. we're not right. getting education done if you think that your children are getting educated in school i've got news for you that's that's why i started my new show did you know i have a new show it's called schools out with sam sorbo no, I didn't know. You want to tell me about it? It's on Epic TV, E-P-O-C-H, like the Epoch Times. Yeah. yeah. It, they, they say Epic or Epoch TV. Um, it's called School's Out with Sam Sorbo. And I'm trying to educate people because we have not been educated. You see, we've, we've had this system for so long, we don't even know what education is. We think mm. that it's passing tests and, and checking boxes. That's right. not what education is. No. Education should engage the child in thought. And what we are doing is disengaging the children and discouraging them from thinking we are, we are engaged in the opposite of education in our schools. I know that sounds harsh.
1: No, it doesn't sound harsh. It it just sounds (laughs) like you're stating the facts. And Mm -hmm. and the thing is, we do have the numbers to back that up. As you know, we have six children. We educate them at home. We are unapologetic about that. We believe that that is the best course of action for any Christian uh, hoping endeavoring to proliferate the gospel. Like if you're going to pass your faith faith down, I'm not going to compete against humanist ideologies. I'm not going to compete against the religion of this world that would be pushed to my kids as fact every single day. Um, Let me stay here for a second, though, because one of the things that we engage in, I want you to kind of speak to this a little bit. We talk about a living education. How do we train our kids to be able to engage the culture, right? How do we teach them not just to take tests and regurgitate facts, but how to actually live productive lives? This is something that we don't seem to be aiming for. And I'm wondering if that's one of the reasons why you actually define college in uh, your book. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know,
2: it's. We have to understand that we've been operating under their metrics for far too long. And what I mean by that is the school system says that school is about college prep and career readiness. Okay, so what does that actually mean? And what does it mean when I say I want my kids to get a good education? So if you, if you keep pulling that thread, at the end of good education is really just a lucrative job. And that is not that's the highest true, aspiration right? that as Christians, we ought to have for our children. Right. So we're at cross purposes. But, but we've all been, look, we've all been indoctrinated. We've all been schooled. I, I, that's what I say. I say we've been schooled. We haven't been educated. We've been schooled. And that's why I've stopped calling it home edu- schooling. I've stopped with homeschooling because it's not home and it's not school, what I do with my kids. Mm-hmm. It's, um, it's called self-teaching now. And what I'm doing is I am instructing my children. I'm showing them how to become self-taught. That, that removes the onus from the parent because the parent should not be the person who knows everything. And the right. teacher should not be the person who knows everything. Because when you have somebody who knows everything and you teach the child, go to the person who knows everything, all you're doing is conditioning them to follow the leader.
1: Mm-hmm. No
2: matter what the leader says. I would rather that my children question the leader and think because then they can come up with solutions right now we're we're in a season of just following the leader and it is frightening what's happening out there
1: yeah yeah and unfortunately for many christian parents our kids will be caught up in that if we don't change what our desires are and our goals for our kids you know um i think probably one of if not the greatest loss that our parents will experience talking about christian parents living in america would be that the gospel does not proliferate uh, in their children. That you know, And even for, for Christian parents who feel like they're maybe active in ministry or they're doing things on the front lines and, and all of these other things, but their kids, their kids in their own households um, miss the faith. They don't get the message. They don't know. They don't learn. They're not taught. And the gospel skips that generation. I think that's really tragic. Uh, Sam, I do want to take a closer look at the book here. So you you, um, you define Karen? <laughs> Yeah. Karen's in there. Why? Yeah. Well, I just, why did you define Karen? Well, it's, it's part of our vernacular.
2: I, I wanted yeah. to have some fun with the book, you know? Yeah. A COVID, yeah. COVIDiot is in there. That's a Chris Grant yeah. term. <laughs> COVIDiot. Um, okay. Feargasm is in there because, uh, you know, I thought that that way, because, because we're so, we are so enamored of mm-hmm. our fears. We, we embrace our fears in the sense of just, um, um, you know, Second Timothy one seven. For God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of, mm. of power and of love and of a sound mind. And th- that, of course, is the antidote to fear is is thought, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we've we're, we've stopped thinking in so many churches. We've stopped we've stopped thinking. I mean, the churches that shut down. Uh, you know, I get it. Two mm. weeks to flatten the curve, and maybe another <laughs> month or two. But folks, after a certain time, you got to go. Wait a minute. I'm allowing the government to dictate to me. And I'm the church. No, mm. you know, pastors and, and reverends and priests out there, you serve God, not government. Yeah. So and, and you're and you're setting a poor example for your
1: flock because we are not supposed to live in fear. So you define also socialism in the book. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Look, and, and, and by the way, Sam, you're, you're with friends. So I just wanted you to elaborate on Karen. I thought it was funny. I didn't, I wasn't, I wasn't calling you out. on. Oh, no, no, it's fine. It's fine.
2: I'm, I'm, I'm sad that there are so many Karens out there. Um, (laughs) um, you you know, but, but they, but there are, you know, it's funny because I heard a story the other day, of a guy's on a plane and these two kids, this woman has two kids and the kids are so fearful and they've got their masks on. And she's like telling somebody to tell him to put a mask on. And he wasn't even in the airport yet. And like, you know, a total Karen, right? And then it happens that they're sitting together on the plane Well, the kids are sitting across the aisle from him and she's in front of them mm-hmm. and she goes to sleep. And you know, they're, they're looking at him so suspiciously the whole time, these poor kids are so fearful. Mind you, COVID has, a, a I think it's a 0.03% efficacy rate on children, like it's, like it's negligible. It doesn't affect children. And these kids are, have their mask glued to their faces. They take a sip. They put the mask back up. They take a bite. They put the mask back up. They're chewing. The mask is moving up and down on their faces the whole time because they're living in fear. Okay. Mm-hmm. And he looks at them and they're, and they're staring at him. And he finally says, what are you looking at? Because he, he took his mask off. And, you know, you're supposed to have your mask on on the plane. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're just looking at him. And he says, well... Are you gonna do anything about it? And of course they do nothing. And then he gets to the destination and he's leaving the airport and he sees the woman with her kids. And he says, ma'am, I just want you to know, you're raising cowards, your children are cowards. They saw me without my mask, they said nothing. They had nothing to say and I asked them. And so now they are so fearful because of the fear that you've instilled in them that they won't even stand up for what they supposedly believe. (laughs) Wow. And that's what we're doing. And by the way, that is, that's the plan of the devil. Make these people so afraid that they won't stand for their beliefs. Mm. And it's high um, time we did.
1: Let's... Before we run out of too much time here, Sam, I want to do a couple of things. I want to make sure that our listeners know where they can pick up a copy of the book. But then also, I want you to describe for us how the reader of this book will use it. Like, how do we implement this? How do we show that there is growth and understanding uh, from reading this book? Well, they're going to read it on the toilet. <laughs> I'm kidding. It's it's you know
2: it's a it's a reference book, but it's also I'm trying. i I have so many people, um, emailing me now that they're listening to the audio book. And by the way, you can go to samsorbo.com for all of my stuff, homeschooling and this book and, and everything else. Of course I do movies as well. Um, that's at sorbos.org, but you'll, anyway, we're, we're revamping all of our websites. Go to samsorbo.com for all this, this information. Um, People, people are really enjoying, you know, I, I get emails, just finished your book, really great read. So you can read the book cover to cover, but I keep it around as a reference because mm-hmm. I had somebody reach out and say, you know, my kid asked me the other day what communism was. So I went to your book and that just, ma- that <laughs> yeah. just brings me joy yeah. because then I know that people are actually trying to engage with the truth, which is what we ought to be doing. And, um, and, and that's what it's about, you know, um, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God. And the word was God. And the left is attacking the word because the word is God. And if they can attack the word, they're attacking God. That's all they're doing. And they're doing it through our children, by the way. Why? Because our children are God's image bearers.
1: Yeah, and I would say the most innocent and defenseless among us, they are the ones that when they are fully trained, they will be like their teachers, which is why I'm constantly telling parents not to abdicate the role that God has given them, uh, first and foremost, to, to teach, to train, and to instruct their children. Preach. Sam Sorbo, thank you so much. I appreciate you carving out some time to talk with us about your book. The book is Words for Warriors, and they can go to samsorbo.com to pick up a copy, samsorbo.com. Yeah, thank you so much. Me, oh, go ahead. I just want to uh, bump in there. There's also
2: There Your Kids, which is my book on homeschooling, why, why you should and how easy it is. Um, and I just want to encourage parents out there
1: yeah thank you so much for doing that thank you for being on the front lines in this fight Um, I say listen if we're not trying to proliferate the gospel and starting with our kids first then what are we doing and a big part of doing that is to spend time with them training them in godliness and righteousness and making sure that they understand the gospel All right, we're out of time I want to say thank you again to Sam for uh, carving out some time just to join us today the book is Words for Warriors and you can go to samsorbo.com until tomorrow Lord willing
0: God bless.